0: Two, yep. one. All right, uh, we are recording back in the saddle, Mister Andy Andrew McCarthy. I'll uh, I'll I'll put his Twitter in the description. But yeah, we'll. can't tell recording really quickly he just showed me so describe what's going on
1: yeah so i'm in washington dc right now using a friend's office for the podcast and uh i just gotta i just think we should should bring this live i'm just gonna (laughs) (laughs) this is this is the current state of things in in washington dc
0: what an iranian flag protest
1: we have women in burkas totally blacked out okay hussein is for everyone uh is one of the signs i'm reading
0: hussein Uh, is for everyone
1: hussein inheritor of moses so this is a pro-iranian protest in the midst of all of the anti-iranian protests yeah. out of iran so this is our country showing its affection in the nation's capital for uh for dictatorships
0: well, of, for theocratic dictatorships
1: for theocratic yeah for for and are the most they... extreme and most organized um muslim extremists you government know, in the history of the world. I'm
0: half expecting for the feed to get cut short. Just see half yeah. a frame of explosion, and that's just the end of Andy. And then and,
1: guys barge in. Yeah, and, and then, then all the stuff.
0: all the windows are going to shatter. And next thing I know, it's going to be a grainy video of you in a cave and someone with a rusty machete. Yeah.
1: So how wild was that, huh? Yeah. What, what the fuck
0: was off? that? Yeah. What the fu- What a. And did they have like a rope around them all? It um, looked like they were roped in, like I as they moved.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of what's going on. They're being herded by cattle. No pun intended. I mean, this is literally. I know, but that's
0: kind of the irony is like they are, so they're not showing anything, not even toes. You know, they don't want to be haram. They're and barely
1: showing they... their face. Yes. No toes. No toes. Of course. They have uh, kids out here holding signs. Of course, they don't know what that means. The men are beating their chest in a very
0: uh, primitive, uh, primitive way. Yeah, let's go the
1: way. I didn't want to use that term, but let's go. I don't give a word. shit. Yeah, this is uh, this is something else. So yeah. we're going to have to continue while this rolls by, but I, I wanted to bring that in because it's a great way to kick things off, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I don't give a shit about using the term primitive. Anyone that... Hey, if you're wearing a burqa and you're beating your chest and you have women roped in, you're primitive. I don't give a shit if you're Muslim or black or if you look like me, a white neo-Nazi. You, That's primitive. That's primitive.
1: And we're, you have to understand we're in uh, DuPont Circle. This is probably some of the most advanced uh tech startups you have uh of course lobbying interest groups you have um the military industrial complex like anything you think about contemporary dc i would would love in in the western world like is is happening right but this is just this is something to behold i have to we're going to do one more yeah no dude
0: go (laughs) for it no this is fantastic
1: isn't this crazy
0: what are they yeah so chanting and beating their chest for anybody listening you should be watching uh, and we got we somebody are. sneaking out of the rope. We got someone sneaking out of the rope.
1: Yeah, little kids are getting out of line here. They're going to be Uh-oh. Rope back
0: in the background. Uh oh, they're going to see you, and it's going to be like twenty-eight days later. They're just going
2: to,
0: they're just going to start running and screaming. There's,
1: right. I'll try I, to stay with this going on, but I, I thought that's a great. Hell, I don't give a shit, context. dude.
0: I don't know how. At. I don't know. That's I don't know how, how. I don't think we're going to be able to talk about anything else because I'm now fixated. Um, is it the equivalent of like? of like spring break though for them that they're showing their faces is this like yeah. fucking going wild
1: you know ironically they already have a pretty good tan going so they have a good base yeah um.
0: <laughs> but you're not supposed to show the face right the real hardcore they put like that weird kind of screen mesh it's like a yeah, cloth mesh over the they're face they're
1: kind of warping they're not doing exactly like their brotherhood and sisterhood. yeah sort of, uh, But, uh, but yeah, here we are, man. Let's, let's, let's catch up and now act as if that, that's
0: not, if that's just not not going on, you know, it'd be kind of funny though, is like, you know, how like, uh, you know, how like Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan are like all on board with like the, you know, gay pride thing. And it's like, it's just, it's just another corporation just shilling there, which I mean, in in a way is kind of beautiful about America. They don't give a fuck. Just give us your money it'd be kind of funny if, like, Grumman and Raytheon were, like, had, like, a float behind them or something. Keep our contracts coming.
1: <laughs> keep the it's country. like the, Mace, the Macy's Day parade of wokeness behind
0: me. Yeah, no, but it'd be great if it was behind this specific Iranian protest. If they're yeah. just, like, keep these, if they're just all outside, just, like, you know there's someone from Grumman peeking through the shades right now, and they're going, honey, I'm getting you a new Phantom for Christmas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> These fuckers are gonna set off a bomb and we're gonna make ten times in Q four.
1: These guys at uh at Raytheon are pop working on Sundays over here, they're oh, popping out emails like, Hey, let's keep the let's keep the uh, plans to get a new bathroom going. Oh,
0: uh, absolutely, dude. They're putting in puts, they're like, Hey, this economy's turning around. It ain't dead yet. This thing's gonna now it's gonna cost us one Andrew because you are in I'll the you're in the blast zone. I'll be um, gone for sure. Yeah, man. you'll be gone. Hey, and you know what? That will be great for me. I will I will get a viral view and you know you can't make an omelette, Andy, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but know, uh I, you,
1: got, you got a crack right,
0: hey, man, for country, but yeah, okay, we'll try not to think about the uh the four thousand b c protests going on behind you um <laughs> but yeah, for anyone that for the- because you came on, I want to say like February or something it's been a minute
1: it's it's a while I mean, back, yeah,
0: introduce yourself, man, to everyone that maybe hasn't listened to the last podcast,
1: yeah, yeah, well, uh, I think I should introduce what initially brought me, and I was running for Congress at the time um that uh ha- was interrupted actually by uh not so distant uh threat going on by- behind us i can't really bring in the context of what i do uh i've sure. been space- an intelligence analyst for um space force uh be a space force officially this spring but uh what we do is sort of you know uh look look at america posturing and our and our connectivity uh above the terrestrial uh arena and we make sure that we're competing uh of course in a non-offensive way but in a defensive posture uh and you know textbook definition of what the space force does but um but that's what i do and i'm i'm a reservist i was called up this spring that sort of interrupted my plans in running for congress but hey like you said you you, you can't make an omelette and I think the yeah. long term the long term uh you know it's not the worst thing that could happen to me. I'm a pretty young guy, so could always run again um we'll see if there's a New York left to represent by uh by that time, whether it's a couple of years from now or ten years down the road we'll see but but that's that's a little bit about me uh Air Force, I do intel. My unit focuses mainly on space. So with the creation of Space Force a few years ago, we've shifted our whole mission set in this spring when they set up the, the reserve and guard uh, capacity of Space Force. The official capacity then then will be absorbed into them. We're like the last sliver of the Air Force that focuses on space that isn't officially Space Force. So that's what I do. Uh, we work with a bunch of three letters in D.C. in the Beltway um, and out of New York State. So I'm in the New York Guard. I should probably have included that. Uh, and what there's a couple of space bases up there that all sort of supplement the same mission down here. Uh, We support uh, NRO, NGA, some of the, some of the bigger players in geospatial intelligence and, uh, and of course, space comms. So that's a little bit about what I do. Uh, My background's in international trade policy, international commerce, and focusing on national security. So it kind of links up well with everything going on right now, everything's sort of uh, hitting the fan at the same time. So I find myself in a pretty unique position. So,
0: do you think that you are going to run again or is it because i get the feeling that you weren't expecting to have your your race your race cut short I, or you are i don't know i mean i don't know no
1: no, no 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 i so i certainly i wouldn't even have you know it takes so much money time yeah. and effort, blood sweat and tears to do all that stuff so that was a uh, sort of a rude uh interruption but bigger picture i mean like I couldn't be happier right now. So with everything going on, I kind of look back on it. It feels like it was years ago, but um, it it happened at the end of April of this year. Um, I got orders early April kind of, you know, obviously tried to push back on uh, having to be the guy that we, you know, every, every squadron sends a few people, uh, every unit sends a few people for our specific mission. So um, we tried to reshuffle that deck and and we couldn't get it done, but I don't know if I'll ever uh, run again, but I will tell you, I have had a, I was reluctant at first to, to go on orders, but I've been in Germany since then I'm, I'm down here in the nation's capital. I finished up my orders last week. So uh, now I got to kind of figure out what I want to do with life. And and that may or may not include working in um, the said, the said space, the the said uh, national security uh, posture that I'm in full time. So I don't know, I don't know what I want to do now, but, um, but it has been a blast since then, uh, of just hitting the ground running, not really looking back on the campaign, um you know politics has been so crazy in all these individual races throughout the country and and within New York state so actually a couple people that stood up in in regional races in New York I was excited about they didn't get through their primaries and and um you're seeing that sort of all over all over the country there was guys I was excited about that that didn't make it and then some people that did so it's been a crazy year generally um there's been a lot of redistricting generally so like Anything that people thought would have been about what was going on a year ago, even without my situation, um, everything sort of got turned on its head. So uh, Republican politics is sort of upside down right now, still trying to figure the Republican Party out, which is totally cucked. Uh, But in terms of like the base is still trying to get some representation, and it's been a struggle. Uh, This was supposed to be the the big red wave year, and it, it still might be on paper, but I don't think it's the, the caliber of the individuals that a lot of people expected this time last year. So I guess I say that to say, I'm in a really good position, uh, professionally career wise, spiritually, physically, it was a sort of a good reset. If I, if you have to get kicked out of a race better that than, um, a lot of other ways. Sure. And, uh, and there's a, you know, there's, there's plenty of time on the clock. If, you know, if I, if I stay in the game, stay healthy, there's, there's no reason why I couldn't run again. I have no idea uh, when that would be, but, but there, but I mean, but I'm in a good space. So, um you know i think with all that being said a lot of republican voters are just a little underwhelmed with the 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 products that have made it through the primaries so far there's some good people out there but like i said it's just been a wild year for everyone so even without this interruption who knows what would have happened to be honest with you
0: yeah in terms of like um you know expectations from a year ago till now I can, I mean, I can only apply like my own life experiences. I have to imagine it's something like getting podcast guests where sometimes you just get on this, like sometimes you just nail one. You just get a response from someone that you were not going to, for me, the biggest one ever was when Charlie Duke, the youngest man to walk on the moon, emailed me back and said, sure. And I was like, and then, but then you'll go three months without getting a single. I just, before this podcast, you know, I was, when I was waiting. I was just going through emails. Hey, thank you for the reply. I understand. No worries, man. Thank you. for. That's what it
1: is every day. What about Dr. Malone? He had to be top five.
0: Yeah. That one, well, that one was very difficult to get. That was one where oh. I was harassing him nonstop. And finally, I don't know how I got like a number. Like I think it was his, since then that number doesn't work anymore, but I just, ah. I, I left him a voicemail at like 3am and, uh, And yeah, he got back to me when I was walking to the gym. I was July 1st last year. I was walking to the gym and I was was like, who is this? And it's like, this is Miss Malone, who's also Dr. Malone. She's like, Robert can do it in 30 minutes. And I just beelined going to the gym. And I was like, I'll be there. And that one was crazy. Ken Albeck, the first deputy director of the Soviet bioweapons program. That was nuts. But my point is, is you can get, those are really great morale boosters and you get all psyched. And then sometimes what's even crazier is, kind of like celebrities die in threes you'll get you'll get big guests in threes and it's this huge ego inflation you're like it's fucking working here we go and then what you'll get is you'll be juggling 10 other ones and then those and then 10 others will all say no and then you get to the other side where you should be psyched because now you're having dr malone dr albert charlie duke and you can't help but go i wanted all 13 of them but it's happened so many times now that I go, hey, you throw this huge net, you're going to get really excited. You see it because you see a 1,000 fish in the net. Don't get upset when only 10 come in because you shouldn't look at it as you lost 990 fish, but rather understand that it takes an entire 1,000 fish to get 10. So. I, I think like- you did
1: it you just did a great uh comparison of, of you, where we were last year to now i mean like it looked like there was this class of 20 odd uh really based people for lack of a better term but just you know and i hate to use the term fighter because that's like whatever every like conservative uses. i'm a fighter i'm a yeah. i'm a mom that fights or whatever i'm a I'm,
0: a I'm a patriot who won't back to- yeah yeah
1: up. and it turns out being like dan crenshaw but yeah. um but no, no, no. So it's just like that, and you and as as things whittle away over the year, and for and then you get these left field things like my scenario. But you'll end up with a couple. the the, the good thing is we ended up with with like Joe Kent and mm-hmm. uh, Blake Masters. I think JD Vance is going to be good, and there are a few others in the House side of things. So if we end up with with ten and two of those being uh, U.S. senators, I, I think it's a good run, and that's on an off year. So uh, God only knows what we could push through uh, in the next four to six years, but that like a lot of other things though, whether it's domestic politics or, or anything else, I think the windows closing on, like, I don't want to be black pill here. Cause I think my last year of my life has been super white pill. Like I, I even, even with the, with the, with the race happening and the way it did um, everything else sort of on ramped into, into an amazing year for me, but I'm sort of seeing the window close on things internationally, pressure from China uh, the economy is collapsing, uh, just a lot of a lot of ingredients within um, the cornucopia of globalism that that are sort of closing the window for the American dream here. And I, I hate mm-hmm. to be so black bill on a Sunday, but that's that's kind of what's going on. So, um, you know, politics aren't the answer to this or elected representatives aren't necessarily the answer to all of these things. So I don't want to, like, stick on that drumbeat, but um, but it's like all of the all of the cornerstones of what what. We need to have an American society that's even remotely familiar, unlike the parade that we saw earlier, like you need to have a solid class or core of elected officials. You need to have a military with a coherent strategy and that could actually uh, execute on a tactical level. You need to have elements of your government, like, like a strong dollar, you know, these are just like, like fundamental ingredients. Right. And, and I think it was always the highfalutin stuff that we had to worry about, um when there's like not a war going on uh like debt and stuff like that but but now we're looking at like the cornerstones of of governance and the cornerstones of of what makes up america are kind of being little of the way. So that's why I say the window's closing on some of the more institutional ingredients of what we need to maintain.
3: Sure.
0: Yeah, it does seem to be that there are normally these quote-unquote luxury issues that you never realize are luxury until they're until they're in the rearview mirror, uh, you know, uh, you know pro-choice or uh or pro-life or uh you know uh fucking net net neutrality or uh we need a you know we need new ev vehicles or should we go to mars and yeah. those seem really intense at the time should we pass obamacare and then you start looking back and you're like hey should we reel in inflation should we not be mandating these mRNA death vaccines? Should we not exactly. be creating a disinformation governance board, which is one letter off from KGB? I know that sounds like a boomer meme, but still, DGB, KGB, a little odd. And you're like, should we be laundering a tenth of a trillion dollars to Ukraine? Are we going to send men and women to the shores of Taiwan? That's when you start going, there are some foundational things that are shifting. Yep. That, yep. But to not be black because... I, I just, ha- I have to try to stay up and optimistic. Sometimes you need something like this that kind of, I hate, I, I hate the term waking up because people have been using it for 300 years. People are waking up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, no waking but, up. but to use that term, sometimes you need to jolt shit around to get people up. Sometimes the people that oh, I don't even vote, I don't give a shit. Well, now that, you know, a chicken breast costs $9, you have a lot of people there going, I might go vote this year that's you the
1: know upside. old school uh sort of clearing of the board you know resetting of everything it was just like we need a war like world war ii like you know <laughs> re you know reenergize,
0: energize uh, the economy
1: yeah yeah the american economy the manufacturing base like put everything in perspective uh in terms of survivability, survivability of the human race uh and and sort of like the going back to like not to be too neocon here but like some of the values that like that when they were values they've sort of just been aborted but like uh some of the values that like man will we be able to have a democracy and now you can't even use that anymore because you sound like like when you turn on MSNBC like democracy is that threat or democracy is that threat it's like that's just the filler for like let's just go send money to Ukraine so you can't even use some of the terminology that used to have meaning but um we we always used to go to like let's just kick off the war and that'll galvanize people and I think that was but when the it started when the American press started covering Vietnam, and some of those, some of that era's documents got declassified. And then, of course, when when nine eleven happened, it would just spurred us to go into to places like Iraq and and really throughout northeast North Africa and in the Middle East uh, for no good reason. And this became, you know, with the news cycle, this became a, very evident to the American people that we were using wars to sort of reshuffle. Things and, and get things back in order on a domestic level, then then you can't really go to like well, we need war with China to figure things out, and that'll stop purple haired weirdos from saying this and focusing on the wrong issues domestic these uh these issues that you were talking about. But like we can't even go to that anymore because it just everything looks like a psyop, you know. And I I think we're not ready for a war with China or something something that to that caliber. But that's the only thing I could think of because Russia is not really a threat. So um and, at least in the in the in like a, a uh, near peer competitor. Russia's not yeah, you know, near peer competitor, but just not. They have nuclear weapons and without those and hypersonics, we wouldn't be having the conversation. Yeah. Uh, and of course without without, you know, the media that gave you coronavirus uh, that is lobbied by the same military industrial complex, the same medical industrial complex. Like the reason you get the news output that we do that even has things like Russia or COVID on the map is because people need to sell something. Um, so I don't even know if a war would do it for us anymore because that's, those have been sort of abducted and, and psyoped into something that, um, that they're, that they, they're not like organic wars anymore. So if that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's not, you know, it, it is, you know, it's terrible to say, but you know, it's not, it's not a good old world war two. Like it's, yeah. You know, a Vietnam, a, a, a war on terror doesn't really do it. And it, it and even, you know, it sounds bad that like I'm even like entertaining this in my mind. We just do sound like the the Bill Hicks-esque cigars in the back room. Like, should we whack Kennedy? But I mean, it almost looks like the most peaceful option to any sort of a stable world is a is a cold war with China.
1: Well, we're in we're in the cold war, but I think what I was referring to is like a, a hotter. Oh,
0: I, oh, hot I know, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking um, at. No,
1: like- yeah, no, and and it's really like I, it, we don't sound like Bill Hicks and those guys because this has been happening for a millennia. Whenever yeah. you feel the encroachment of a rising power, and you're sort of the you know if, if this and you're the, I guess in our case, uh, declining power or just stable power. Whenever you feel that drumbeat on your doorstop, you're this has happened for millennia. So this is nothing conspiratorial or new. This is people butting heads or, or cultures butting heads, and there could only be number one, one number one. Um, so I don't think it's too crazy. It's just that now that and that's the organic way of those processes developing is is hegemony and, and control and whether it's trade routes or whether it's uh, um, like could be it could be uh, minerals, it could be whatever it might be, you know, people went to war usually for economic gains or for for capital of some sort or, or Human capital could have could have been anything, but but the organic process has been taken out. So I think when we finally have to do what we have to do with China, people are going to be so disillusioned that it, the, the fervor of an actual organic uh, competition will. will. And, and I think China's already like people hear about China, China, China so much in the Cold War sense. And I'm talking about like super normie people that they're like, China doesn't affect us. It's just something that you hear about. You know, what I mean, like, I don't I don't think anyone really grasps the actual threat. Uh, their lifestyle, uh, or the American way of life being under threat from an external power. I don't think anyone really understands that. Because you hear, if you're a normie, and you're not in tune into podcasts like this, or, you know, have a top secret security clearance and running around on the high side, researching this stuff, then you're just living your life. And you hear about China, you're probably more concerned with Russia, you don't really, you don't really know, like, like there's no there's no barometer for what an actual threat is because you're, you're the contrived threats, the manufactured threats are thrown at you during this news cycle. And with these screens on such a rampant pace that when something of actual concern comes along the way there, what does that mean to a normal person? So, so I don't think these organic processes really uh, of going to war really, really exist anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and for good reason, I mean, right you look at a vietnam and then our generations is the global war on terror mm-hmm. i mean in a lot of senses you i mean i have a lot of friends that were you know active combat missing limbs to have just crippling ptsd yep. and you let me look at joe kent and his wife the literal mother of his children you look at a lot of them you're like man if the war fighters i know are going yeah i don't want another war <laughs> how are the how are the norms going to be like let's get on board and there may be some truth to that um I think, and I, it, this is again, is a, a tired drum to beat. I th- it all comes down to if whether or not there's election integrity, because, like, as stupid as like the average person is, there also is like responses to like there's market changes, right? Mm-hmm. People shifting to a touchscreen iPhone in two thousand five. Like, there are shifts, and there are a lot of people who will never say it. They'll never say, "I voted for Trump." They'll never utter those words, but they're going, I can't can't afford green beans. I can't afford bread. There are people that will go vote for the guy that's saying to return this. It all comes down to, because people, you're told, you know, we just went through a huge COVID psyop and a lot of people are, even the normalists are starting to go, oh, fuck, it really wasn't that bad. I really didn't need this vaccine. There are people that are at least smart enough to go, I can now buy less video games than I could last month. Because fucking White claws double the price. Those are people that will go vote for those, quote unquote, those luxury issues. I didn't pay right. attention to geopolitics in college, but I was pre-med and I wanted my full paycheck. So I went and voted for Romney in 2012 after voting for Obama in 08. I was like, at least I know that much. That's, if that's the election example. process, what?
1: That's a great example. Yeah. Well,
0: if the election process does work and there's always going to be cheating, that's again, dawn of time. Then I'm I'm confident that at the very least, and no one will say it, the exit polls will all be wrong. But people will vote for a Desantis or a Trump or whatever. If they've managed to button down control of that, then, well, then we're I mean we're approaching the the event horizon of a black hole. I don't. Yeah, there's
1: there's there's no coming back from that because the same. I mean, if you just look at the recent um, contested issues, they stop at that federal level or the courts essentially say what will be permissible to talk about and what yeah. will be. So like the courts have total control of that. Of course, those are individuals that are also being controlled. Um, so there's so much, there's so much human nature involved in this. And um, I think what, both sides have done is and, and sort of the uniparty, I guess we should speak to who's in control of the, the federal judiciary, what the uniparty did in terms of and I, and I don't even care how many people Trump put on the benches because they all abandoned him when mm-hmm. the time came. They won't even. And I'm not saying you need to do it with what Trump says because he put you in the court. I'm saying you need to hear a case. You need to hear evidence. Uh, to see if it can go in front of a in in, in front of the larger process, um, but that wasn't even happening. And some of these governors, I mean, all the people that backstabbed him that wouldn't even hear out whatever the individual cases were in Georgia, Wisconsin, um, Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, that were just obvious that that, that we need to have a, a legal conversation about, and there needs to be an investigation on. And uh, those people abandoned him. So when I say the Uniparty sort of controls the federal judiciary, it's and, and of course uh, the governors, it's because. You can run someone as a on the left or the right, but at the end of the day, if, if you're a governor of a state, you're not other unless you're like Kathy Hochul or 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 DeSantis, right? Those are those are people that govern truly different, differently, and they have different philosophies, and their philosophies actual come in, uh, come into play when they're when they're governing. Um, but other than that, you're looking at like Republicans run a budget one way, Democrats run a budget another way. One, but and then everything's the same, uh, which includes your the control of your state judges and federal judges. The uniparty that gets those people elected um, is would rather see an election just go by the wayside to get the ball rolling again on on, on revving up the engines and revving up the donations and and all the money that goes into the process, rather than get to the bottom of it. I hope Trump, if he runs, when he runs again, is smart enough to have a long, long list of the people that left him at the altar for the for investigating actual election integrity. Uh, but more importantly, I hope Desantis is taking notes that if if he runs, that he the Uniparty is not. We need to go. with, you know, get, the the illusions that the Uniparty is somehow going to protect you at some point when you're under the gun is needs to be abandoned. So. Uh, if DeSantis runs he he has to abduct as much of the the MAGA machinery as possible and um, and really keep his circle tight because I think he's a little bit more savvy than Trump is political he's a professional politician Trump sort of hopped into things right and and that it's never like he had time to get his legs underneath him. I mean, he's been running since it feels like he's still on the 2015 wave. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, 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 there's just been a shift of personnel. Like, it's you don't have time to slow down and, and take a day off and restructure the, your organization. So, if DeSantis does this, he he can't be reliant at all on any of the institutions that exist. He needs to go in uh, heavy handed and, and and revamp and wipe out all of them. And if he's called out for doing so, he needs to take what comes with that. But I think he's he's got such a strong resume that he has a better shot of doing that than Trump. It could get ugly if, if Trump get first off, just to clear the air, a Republicans going to win the next presidential election if everything, like you said, is above uh, is 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 on the up and up. Um, but it's it's going to be two way different guttural reactions. I think um you know, that what what's left of independence will give DeSantis a chance. And you will you will have a country that has its back to the wall on so many of these issues that Democrats have fucked up. So you're going to have your I think he's really going to have a chance to govern. And you might see more of like a Reagan-esque opportunity to unify and move forward. Yeah, I could be who knows what the left has in store for either of these people. But I think if Trump gets back in, you're going to see even if it's people that understand COVID was a joke and that the economy shit, you're there's something about this Trump derangement syndrome that's going to, it's it, going to kick it back. Forth. It's the, I, I don't know what that's going to look like for four years of Trump, but I don't know what's how effective he's going to be uh, because it's going to be next level, you know, compared to what we saw before and, and all that they pulled out all the stops before. I, I can only imagine what they have in line for the next uh, Republican president. But
0: yeah, no, I mean, you got to tip your hat to, whether it's Langley or, or Beijing, whoever did it, I mean, Trump derangement system is fucking, that is the culmination of 70 years of MK ultra research. I mean, they foaming at the mouth. I mean, it's bad, but I mean, I got to respect the game. Like it is good. Yeah. That was,
1: that was apex MK ultra. And it's, it's, they they managed to to thread the needle on cord cutters and cable news. I thought they did a great job with cable news. So like when you, when you look at uh, MSNBC specifically, because they kind of took over CNN, people are tuned in and just eaten out of the. they it's it's like it's like a heroin addict. Like they go in for their hit, despite ratings, and it's and they stay insane. They stay addicted to this stuff. Have you ever have you ever tuned into an MSNBC broadcast? No. Oh, you need to. It's it's I... it's 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 MK Ultra. It's you're seeing fake news. There, nothing's be nothing's really happening. It's it's a false reality. Yeah, and uh, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's like the apex of of all of that coming together. They did a great job, um, but I think. The realities of the world, like you said, when when you notice that your white claws go up forty percent or whatever it might be, or like you can't bartend your way through college anymore, or like they're they're like there used to be things that you could do, or or, or just some young lady can't strip her way through college anymore, whatever it might be. Uh, but like the, all these things that used to be ingredients of like kind of getting by and staying off the radar. People are being forced on the government systems, and they're they're having government forced down their throat on such an uncomfortable level that even normies are going to have to wake up and just be like, "This is we didn't sign up for this," and it has nothing to do with what they did sign up for. So even if you want to use some of the leftist tropes of like um, equality and you know LGBTQ stuff, and which is all still MK Ultra stuff, uh, but let's just give it credit for a second and, and play along. They didn't even get any of that stuff. They just got Biden, who is like the most unwoke dude sort of stumbling out these big government policies that are more, they have nothing to do with any of the issues right or left. They're, it's just, it feels like every week, we're like, what new government programs being created? How much are we spending? Where are we blatantly doing all the things that we used to do undercover, like with Ukraine? Uh, that used to just be under the radar, rinsing money. Like, yeah, I think it's... it reminds me that the start of this was the pallets of gold and, and hundreds Good. of millions of dollars Iran. To, to Iran, and I was like, they think they could just get away with this stuff now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is a there is something so insane. Like you wonder what would Carlin or Hicks say if they just saw if they just saw Clapper like sitting there on CNN. It's like the guys in the the old white men in in the suits, they're not even pulling the strings from like a shell company in some industrial park. They're just sitting at the big platinum desk with makeup on just saying we got to have fun Sri Lanka. We got to get in there. Chevron has got some idea. like the mask is just coming off more and more. You got to wonder, is it because they're so close to just solidifying global control or is it because they're being backed into a corner and they're throwing a Hail Mary?
1: Well, they were doing this even when they weren't in the I mean, when when Obama was running the show, it wasn't too much different. And frankly, with with the Bushes, too, I mean, Bolton is the version of that on the right. Where he'll come on a podcast to this day and just be like, Look, well, we, we have to consider using tactical nuclear weapons in, in Ukraine as a response to Russia. I'm like, What are we <laughs> talking about right now? Like, like we're just casually rolling that out. Um, or the, what, what was a good one I saw the other day? That there's some that they even forget that like the veil is down and that they can't do. It was um, General Hayden, uh, former CIA director, NSA, yeah, NSA CIA, and, yeah, yeah, CIA. He tweeted, and I think he, he, his location was on. And it was from like McLean, Virginia or Langley, Virginia. And I'm like, dude, you you take the location off.
0: Yeah, but then you gotta wonder, are they that stupid or is it competent? I mean these guys live in the shadows. You gotta wonder, I mean, is there well, an intentional? Actually, behind
1: actually, them? actually, since since we're on that, and I know I brought it up but like I I kind of thought about that. And I think there was like the third layer to it where he was like Anybody that's remotely in the know, I'm going to rub your nose in the fact that I'm doing this. When they do little stuff like let's leave the location on, let's leave. because it's like this is this isn't just me guiding the normies in a true MK Ultra fashion. This is me with anyone with half a brain saying we don't give a fuck that you demoralization. You. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's General Nakazone coming out and uh, you know saying we're doing offensive operations in Russia from Ukraine. Like that's the head of the NSA for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah. Like that's people are like, you're not supposed to say that. And I'm like the head. I mean, you got to go through like an EMP scanner Faraday box just to like park your car. Like they didn't accidentally say that. Like they didn't (laughs) read shadow factory by James Bamford. That book's 20 years old and it will melt your brain. Like none of that's by accident. And so it is just this weird psyops under And then, you know, I'm very openly a, a Trump supporter So I have to try to, like, stay aware. I always have to, like, look in the mirror and be like, am I as goofy as the people screaming like Trump is literally Hitler? So I always have to try to... So whenever I play devil's advocate, there's a bunch of conservative people, mostly conservative people that watch my show, they're like, Tommy's fucking it! And I'm like, no, I have to step outside of my own circle-jerk echo chamber. I then have to go, is it... I kind of also think that the military-industrial complex is just still in charge. Like... As much as I think the DNC with like China, maybe, maybe betraying America, maybe just temporary aligning bedfellows took out Trump. The more I look at it, I'm like, what did Trump like? Let's forget. Let's forget, you know, what actually happened. Let's just really boil it down. Trump gave him a really big budget. That was great. But no new wars. What is Biden doing? He's not doing a gut. He let he let Roe v. Wade get overturned under his presidency. Say what you want. Exactly. That happened. But. We got out of the Middle East, okay. In February, we need $30 billion. They don't give a shit whether we're manufacturing the javelins that a bunch of uh, Midwest farmer boys are launching or whether it's going to a bunch of Azov Battalion Nazis. The fucking check clears the same.
1: Yeah, they- I, I'm right there with you. I, I think, I when I, and it's crazy because, like you, you said, take yourself out of, like, I have to separate what I do professionally and what I do politically, and it always hits me after, like, a long day's work of being on like an operations floor scenario or being in a skiff rifle, I, bet I haven't seen sunlight in nine hours. And I walk out. And I'm like, man, I really, I learned a lot today. We did a lot of great work. The mission was good. Like there was, we, we cleaned up a lot. Like everything was great. And then I'll go turn on the TV and I'll be like, wait a minute, that same industrial complex. There, it's, it's like, like the functionality on a, on an operations basis, on a tactical level, 90% of, of the time, the military is doing the right thing and like preserving exactly what it's supposed to be as an institution. It's just at the top of that uh, institution you have like when they want to flex when they want to do extra, you know, icing on the cake stuff And, and all, and it's sort of being inverted that it's like, and you're seeing this in the recruiting base because all of the fathers of these kids that are turning 18, 19, 20 now are, are of the generation you said you're like, Man, if they saw combat experience in Iraq, or they lost a leg in Iraq, you know, like a place that, because like if you're Afghanistan sure, um, I can even play along with with some like um, like Northern Africa things. If depending on what the scenario is, like, look, man, you're fighting for your country. Totally get it. There's no business being in Iraq or Syria. Yeah. So it's like, so so those those guys are having kids now, and you're seeing the recruiting numbers down, and you're seeing like a whole generation of people that like. Uh, you kind of made me think of this when you brought up the Midwest, but it's usually like the Scotch-Irish of Appalachia that sends its kids off to to facilitate whatever the in- infantry is of this generation. Like you name your war, they, they make up the core of like Marines, Army, uh, and then you're even getting into sailors that come from like the Midwest and just the, the breadbasket of America, the middle America. Those people are reluctant to even sign up now because like, oh, it's kind of woke not a huge deterrent, but they can get around it if their family's been in the military for five generations. And it's like, well, I can kind of see my way around that. And then it's like, well, my dad told me not to enlist because he... Has all these crazy psyop uh, conspiracy theories about uh, Iraq, but I still want to enlist because you know my grant. This is a five generation thing. But when you start to snowball all these things, now it's like, well, you also need a COVID shot. And he's like, we don't really do that, and my town doesn't really believe in those things. No one in my neighborhood has COVID shots. Like we we don't think we should be doing. it. When you start adding in all of these ingredients, you you're dismantling the feeder for for your for your institution it's like those people don't want to participate in the bigger game anymore so the response to that is is always as bad as it's bad as it always is it's it's get more woke no like we'll just do a new marketing campaign we'll create a space force like they don't they don't learn from these from this lesson that's unfolding in front of them to think that maybe they should um you know conserve some traditional elements of what they need to maintain to at least have the veil of these institutions resembling what they used to be, but no, um, I think people are the reverberation from all of these antics that we talked about at the top of the conversation and all of the cockiness and the haughtiness of some of the usual suspects, um, is happening with the recruiting numbers and they're really, really bad. And, and, and people reenlisting, um, and this is all just public information. I think, I think most branches still publish, but I think, um, some are not even publishing their, their, uh, recruitment numbers and they're throwing crazy bonuses out there. So, Uh, they can't even get people in the door anymore. And it's so sad because it's like, people should be proud of of being in the military.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I try to like, so it's like really zoom out, you know, again, kind of back to the podcast when I feel like it's really not going anywhere. Yeah, the the huge episodes are are a great dopamine hit, but, you know, I keep data every day. I keep like 50 columns of data and I've been doing it for almost a thousand days. And I'll have to look back every once in a while when I just like feeling bummed, I'll just take today's date and then I'll scroll up to a year ago and I'll be like, oh, holy shit. Like things have, not that they've gone up, they've gone up tenfold. And I'll be like, oh, that huge episode that's responsible for only 1% of it. And so I zoom out and I go, let's like look at Afghanistan, or not Afghanistan, Vietnam. I mean, how unpopular was that, right? The last huge draft war. I mean, soldiers coming home in body bags that were padded with heroin, soldiers smoking pot using shotguns as bongs i mean the phoenix program cia organized terror like we, we did kind of turn around from that i would say where we are now is not as black pilled as that so like it's not always a one-way slope downhill i'm not saying where we are is good right now it's pretty yeah. bad i mean there's a four-star admiral with a dick that wears makeup like in the same <laughs> yeah. proud in the same proud place that had like, you know, that had, had had the fucking, you know, had the Marines and the Navy deploying through the island hopping campaign. Like you think about like the mighty Mo or think of like Nimitz or something. you have that same thing just being tread on by these people. Right. So and then you got to get a, a shot that makes your heart and flame and explode. And people are going, I don't. And then you have guys like Dale Comstock, Delta Force that comes on here all the time. Who's like, yeah, no, don't join that that is it's bad but it, it's from our own history not even postulating i look at vietnam and i go if you're in vietnam at the time you're looking all around you think about it what did vietnam start 65 you're yeah. you're 20 years removed from world war ii like the most patriotic nation right Four hundred twenty-five thousand american deaths we beat the fucking japanese and the, the literal nazis 20 years later not nonsense. even not even vietnam starting not only is vietnam starting think about where we are right now going like this is the white pill in me think about them yeah they're going these motherfuckers are riding around in vans they got hair down to their ass they're having free love like you you're what you're fucking in the streets you're li- yeah. you know you're going to woodstock covered in mud peace and love man what the fuck and then they still pulled off a draft war so like it's weird right now But I don't think the jump from, like, me growing up in the 90s to a bunch of kids with, like, blue mohawks now saying that they identify as a fox, although that's crazy, it's not as absurd as, like, literally coming back, you know, and, like, kissing the nurse in Times Square to 20 years later, your kid has, like, he's, like, you know, joining a cult with John Lennon. Like, that's a bigger (laughs) jump than where we are now. So that gives me some, like, hey... Every dad thinks their teenage son's retarded, and then by the time they reach thirty, they go, "Yeah, he'll he'll figure it out. He's an okay." Yeah, son. yeah. Sorry no, for totally that rant,
1: but it's, No, 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 no. You're good. This whole that's these things are just like manic CIA agent uh, energy going both ways. So we're <laughs> going to keep doing this. But uh, but no, I I think you're right. Um, the ebb and flow constantly exists, but it's just it's getting so extreme, and yeah, like we kind sure. of we kind of did the wrong thing early on, and it's very gay to do when you stick to. And I I was guilty of this earlier in the conversation where if you if you have conversations within um, the preordained institutional lens, we we've already fallen victim to the process because we need to, we need to zoom out a little bit. And some most of the the issues that we're talking about are cultural and social issues that just happen to insidiously and MK Ultra as well. Like you get they 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 naturally happen and they get pushed into organizations. They're not inherently anything to do with the military. None of the none of what we talked about is is of the flaw of, of any of these institutions, it's because they're being uh, hoisted upon these institutions and forced in in, in pretty much every every opening. So um, it's not like the military inherently; it's it's our cultural issues that have gone a little bit too far, and they just use those to to rev up whatever they need to to mobilize and galvanize. So if that's a war in Ukraine, they're going to say it's because. Um, there are actual Nazis and, uh, and, 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 you know, Vladimir Putin is, is, is trying to take over Europe and, uh, this is for LGBTQ rights in Ukraine. And all of these things are, um, you know, upside down inverted, um, you know, none of it's always the opposite of that. But, but I guess what I'm trying to say is we need to kind of zoom out from the institution itself and realize that there's, it really goes back to like the cultural issues that we have. And, and when you have the father of the next generation, you're like, man, my kid's not that bad. Or like, it's like, you know, the analogy you gave every generation says that about every generation. Uh, but, but when that's gone too far off the rails, there's no coming back from that. So like, I'm, I think we're seeing it as part of, I don't know if it's the MAGA movement or the the new conservatives or whatever it might be, this nationalist populist movement. We're kind of skipping the boomer generation and saying, man, the boomers fucked things up for so long and Gen X kind of fucked things up too. And we let that happen we're going to skip back to the greatest generation, like world war II, actually beat not, you know, actually defend the world um, and, and go back to that. And sort of, at least with me, I kind of, I kind of was just like, look, let's, let's wipe the 20th century or the last hundred years or so, and go back to when this was actually a country and start from there um, and kind of, you know, do the autopsy, the self analysis as a nation and, and figure out what the hell went wrong. So that's what I'm getting out of the new right culturally. I don't know how effective it's going to be. I don't know if we've gone too far, but I think that's healthier than going down these, these rabbit holes and, and pigeonholing yourself in these institutions. Like how do we fix the air force? How do we fit? Like you, we're, you're, you're fighting a ridiculous battle. Like it needs to be one on the cultural side and all of these things are down downstream of culture. Uh, and that, and what we're beginning to learn through people like DeSantis in Florida and a lot of the silver lining from COVID is that you can legislate morality. You can legislate your auto your way out of some of these things. So You you we used to always be like, well, politics is downstream of culture. It's like, well, it doesn't really have to. Like, we can we can go back to what worked and put those put those laws on the books, and then that's the law. You you can like you go to move to a different state if you don't like it. So I think Florida's been a good petri dish for returning to um, just common sense, um, especially with COVID. And and if if we can somehow take that energy, if it is DeSantis is the guy, and apply that to the federal system and apply it to uh and hopefully work its way through dc and into some of the executive and get past some of the elements of the deep state then we could be looking at a functional country i just don't know if that window's closed by now i don't know if it's too late yeah
3: hey, i gotta go pee real quick can you hold yeah. it down yep, you Do it you down?
1: Think- yeah. yep. i'm gonna investigate. the i
2: uh, already broke that Have they blown up any bombs yet? I
3: think Andy's uh, muted. That or went on to the bathroom. They fucking detonated. Let's see if he's still here.
1: Give give me one second. I'm taking a break. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're good.
3: Um, Well, for anybody listening, I'll I'll, I'll hold it down. Um, Yeah, so anyone that regularly listens knows that's how I kind of try to view this,
0: is do I really think that we have a harder time now than at any point
3: in human history? Or not even human history, American history. Like, it ain't good, but... I mean, I look at getting into medical school. Building this podcast is hard. Fighting censorship is hard. Learning how to turn it into a
0: profitable venture is hard. I don't think I th- i could see it getting there. But as of now, it was still harder to get into medical school. Or, you know, uh, personal traumas. You know, I've had a lot of panic attacks this year from that that concussion. Oh, he's back um back.
1: Wait, 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 wait. keep going though because i was i was listening to you and i i love uh, frankly i love hearing i love hearing these stories i love yeah okay. these deep deaths
0: so, yeah so i mean i was yeah so you know i look at anything in my own life like so any analogies i try to use like instead of doing like a postulation like what if i always try to go like what have we literally seen in history right right There's a lot of great lessons from nature because it's just been repeating every day for four billion years so i mean i look at like earlier this year i i, I uh i had a i got way too fucked up i was actually with dale the delta force guy and i okay. I, I, fell in this i fell in this hole like and like it was like there's like two in the morning i was like walking through this garden and i didn't realize there was this hole and i fell in it and i hit my head on a brick i was bleeding all down my head and i was like am i gonna die and dale's like you're not gonna fucking die and i was like all right and so like i was fine for two days then woke up like vomiting couldn't see straight had a concussion had to go to the er get a ct scan then I had, they gave me some drug called droperidol and it gave me a literal 72 hour panic attack where I thought I was Jesus. losing my mind. And then, and then I had to wear these fucking sunglasses for like two weeks inside, couldn't do podcasts and it took like another month before I could like fluently pull up information in my head. Jesus. And then, yeah. And then I, I really cracked it. And then every, every Thursday, between Thursday and Saturday, every week for about three months would have not anxiety. But I gave panic attack to, like, you know, I'm one button away from, like, calling 911. Like, just every week and, like, clockwork. And then finally, it just, I had such a bad one about a month ago that I just, like, woke. It was, like, a religious moment. I was just, like, I was, like, I have to declare total war on this. And just, like, completely cut out alcohol. I've lost 19 pounds. I've just been working out like a motherfucker. I've, I've done, like, 40 podcasts this month. I'm just, like... I I went and like gotten a apartment. I'm moving up closer to family next month. I'm just like balls in, like change everything in your life. That sucks. And I look at that and I go, man, from May to September was really difficult. And then I go, what about in April 2014 when you lost your brother to suicide? And I go, oh, yeah. I go, this was a walk in the park. Yeah. So just like that. I try to go harder to get into medical school than build this. I have to remember that. Harder to get through my brother than these last four months of panic attacks. Yeah. Okay. I can do this. So I try to go, where have we been before? Yeah. Like not just like world war II. I mean, I always bring this up. You got to think of just how insane JFK getting popped was. It's it was aside insane. from the fact that it was in a, a president. Yeah. It was a year after the Cuban missile crisis. Less than a year after the Soviets detonated a 58 megaton thermonuclear warhead, it's during the space race. Vietnam really hasn't even—we're sending advisors over. They're, you know, they're they're protesting at the Pentagon. At the height of it all, it did not. What two years after Bay of Pigs, the president
3: gets popped. Yep. Yeah. And we got through it. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty, but we got through it. Yeah, that's in same i
1: i think it goes back to and i was thinking about this the other day it's crazy that you said we just wage this war total war we the, the majority of our discussion was thirty thousand foot up and looking at these institutions and how do you how do you do them from the top down really um if if everyone's waging uh, this low-key under the radar personal war on themselves and, and self-improvement and just knowing that when the time when shit does hit the band you're like oh man I, i'm so prepped for this there's there's money in the bank there's You know, there's food here. Like we have this situated. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm in the best spiritual, you know, plane of my life. I'm good with my family. I'm good with however this goes. You're fine. And Mm -hmm. if there are enough people doing that, that might be what it is. Is that when when the scales do tip? And and economically, and there's some situations where we're almost kind of there where people are people are fucked up right now. Um, So this is the time to do that and and gear up and, and really just work between the ears. And you don't have to do it in a group. You don't have to do it on this, on this, it's certainly not a political party is going to get us there. So I think if, if there's enough strong individuals that are, are prepped when the time comes, we're like, man, I've seen it worse and maybe this is worse than I've ever seen it, but I'm so prepped for this, mm-hmm. that, that nothing's going to be able to, to beat, what if, even if that's 10%, 15% of people out there, those are the, going to be the leaders to that generation or whatever's left. So, yeah. I mean, we also have to kind of think of it that way. So I'm glad you segued into that. Uh.
3: And he just disappeared. I hope that parade didn't bomb. Maybe maybe he accidentally hit a button.
2: Uh, We'll message him. He just disappeared. (laughs) He just vanished. I imagine he'll be rejoining us any second. What was that? He just disappeared. Is it my internet? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Yeah, my internet's working. <laughs> he literally just vanished. It's in segue. just... Uh, did
3: they detonate? I hope they didn't. I was kind of memeing earlier. I'm kinda of hoping that it wasn't just a fucking
2: bomb going off. Um hmm. uh,
3: this is the hardest part of the podcast, what I'm doing right now. Not getting guests, not in anything else.
0: It's a brief moment where I'm trying to reestablish contact
3: with the guest and also monologue to keep the podcast live. This is the hardest part.
0: Well, I messaged him. Maybe he'll reappear. Um, I'll keep talking. I think he brought up some very uh, important points, and it's about, it does seem to be more of, like, a ground 12 thing. Like, the Republican Party isn't coming to save you. The Democratic Party isn't coming to save you. Joe Ken's not coming to I love Joe Ken. I think he's an incredible American and an incredible person. He's not coming to save you. I mean, no one's coming to save you. No one's going to make the podcast work. Dr. McCall is not going to get me on Joe Rogan. No one's going to do anything for you. And when you apply that to, to life, that's where I think things start to change around, is when it's so like the panic attacks. Instead of thinking, uh, you know, I, I just got to get on the right medication or uh you know i I need more medical help i need to go to the doctor i need to fucking have my brain scanned every day or i'll feel better when the podcast makes a million dollars instead you eventually just you kind of go off this precipice you kind of go off this edge of a cliff and you go i have to fix this this is so bad right it's when you're it's when you're at a bar downtown with your friends and you're trying to get like one of your buddies to leave. They're like, dude, let's just go home. Dude, let's go play some video games. He doesn't want to go. The next person doesn't want to go. The next person, you finally hit a point where you're kind of in a bar and you're doing the whole head nod thing and you you just kind of hear like the crowd, you know, that sort of crowd background noise that always makes you fall asleep. And then you finally just it just hits you and you go, "I'm just walking home. I'm not telling anyone I'm leaving. I don't give a shit about the after party. I'm going." I'll pay the tab and I'm leaving. I don't care if I don't have an Uber. I'm walking home. That or like when I realized I just, I had to stop partying when I was living in a frat house. I was like, it took me like a couple of days of like trying to convince other people, like we should study hard because, you know, college is almost over and this is fun, but we're going to want to have good jobs. About a week into it, I realized I was like, no one's changing. Stop trying to like save the frat house. Clean your own room. Not to sound like Jordan Peterson work out, and get good grades. Stop trying to justify it. Stop trying to rationalize it. Stop trying to show anybody else the big picture. You know what you have to do and do it. And don't bank on anyone to help you get good grades. Your roommates are loud, get earplugs. Next year, move out. Don't live with those roommates. You're doing poorly in class. Don't bitch about the fact you have an 8 a.m. class. Change your sleep schedule. Get up earlier, be ready. Or nap after. Just, you start owning it. And when you really know what you have to do, you do it, and every time in my life I've done that, it's kind of like what uh what uh Brian Reagan, the comedian, said about like the butterflies in your chest, because whenever you have butterflies in your chest, go forward with whatever it is you're doing, because the best things in life always come after that: asking at the girl, applying to the badass job, you know taking the leap, move into the new apartment, getting the puppy you know, having to sit down talk with your parents about something that's bothering you, uh, uh, you know, burying the hatchet and fixing an old grudge with a friendship, whatever it is, you know, sneaking out with alcohol and going to your first concert when you're 16. The butterflies always precede the best things in life. And maybe on a much kind of darker way, now that I'm painting that, I realize that the greatest moments... Or the greatest not moments, the greatest eras of the greatest things I've ever achieved in life are preceded by two to four years of insanely hard work. And that insanely hard work is
3: always, uh, is always preceded by a terrible moment that just shocks me into action. So when I look at like the joy of getting into medical
0: school, the just feeling of accomplishment, having the girlfriend and like, no, like I've got a great life ahead of me. I'm going to be a doctor. I found the woman I love like family's proud. I'm proud. That was preceded by three years of just existential horror and anxiety, studying every day and worrying, which was preceded by uh, smoking way too much pot one night in the frat house on my 20th birthday, August 7th, 2010 in Valdosta, Georgia, and realizing that, Oh, I'm already a
3: sophomore in college. I got to fucking, I got to work hard. It was, I don't remember what preceded weightlifting. I think I was playing basketball in middle school. And then the, and then like was just getting shoved around too much or something. It was like, I just want to work out. Um, Andy is alive. Um, I don't know if he'll rejoin or not. Um, Even this podcast, you know, had a terrible, oh, here he is. So the bad
0: things are always preceded, always precede great things.
2: He's back.
1: Uh, What happened? So so they didn't detonate. I'm in one piece. Um,
0: All right. I wasn't sure. I checked my internet. And then no, I no, really...
1: rookie, rookie mistake. I thought my phone was charging the entire time. It was not.
0: Uh, oh, I hit. So I, ch- I literally Googled Washington D.C. I was like, I hope there wasn't a flash above D.C. I was like, God, God damn it. Um, uh, well, I hope we
1: can hope we can reconcile that with the feed. Can you do some fancy editing there?
0: Oh, I just I just monologued the whole thing. It, I oh, it. Okay, it. was right. seamless. I've 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 learned how to do it by now. You just gotta Beautiful. you gotta have that. But even even that is a perfect little example of what we were just talking about. When you're in good, when you're ready, it's, that's why before, and I always say this is, and I've learned by now not to get shitty guests, but since podcast one, it is non-negotiable. Eight hours of sleep, followed by a mile on the treadmill, 30 minutes at the gym, shower, shave, clean clothes, brush your teeth, meditate. You're going to work. Every day. And I'm always, every morning I listen to two hours of an audiobook at 2x speed, seven days a week. So I'm always full of information. I'm clear headed from a meditation, I'm fresh and jumped up from a from an exercise, and I sleep well. So no matter if the guest sits there and just clams up and just yes, no, yes, I can just fill the hour with just yelling about like, I'm reading a book about FDR. Did you know? So the fact that that internet just cut out is ready to go. But that's a perfect example right there.
1: While we're on it, what is your uh, what's your meditation schedule looking like right now? Every day?
0: I have every day from 2008 until now. I stopped for like two years when my brother died. It just threw me into such a loop. And that was the worst two years of my life. I got back into it. It's every day I go for 30 minutes. I've tried tried every technique under the sun. And about two years ago, maybe, yeah, maybe two years ago. So after 12 years, which was two years ago, I finally realized I was like, none of these methods. Uh, like are reproducible like sometimes yeah. they work and sometimes they don't so now i just sit there for i just sit there and whatever happens happens and sometimes it's like a beautiful yeah. like merging with the oneness of all creation and 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 like unity and love with god other times you just kind of come out of it and you're like i don't feel any different
1: yeah I'm, I'm with day. you i'm with you and and it depends on where where you're at that week and what you have going on but I really think the goal is to not have it be so up and down. I mean, you, you, you want to get better at meditation like anything, right?
0: Yeah.
3: Well, it's, um, I, I'm getting, have you it.
1: read, uh, have you read becoming supernatural? No, it's really good. It's about this, the topic of getting, you know, just making it so cookie cutter that every time you're ready to go and we just applied it to all these other areas. But if you like essentially applying that logic to meditation so that, you can cut, you know, four out of five of those are pretty clairvoyant and, um, you know what to expect rather than being let, not let down, but like, oh, I didn't really meditate. I just sat there. Or I couldn't really focus or I yeah. couldn't really not focus. Um, but yeah, it's really good. So, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. So I, I always like asking people where they're at, but a half hour a day. huh?
0: Well, I've, I've found that. So like what I've found is that the most like reproducible good results I get, are the half hour a day, that's probably closer to four out of five, maybe even six out of seven, is I've just found that, I think Alan Watts said it best about meditation. He's like, meditation, he's like, doing a technique is like trying to flatten water with your hands. He's like, you're just going to rile it up all the more. Instead, it's like, you know, seeing a seeing like a little puddle, like a rain puddle with dirt in it and it's all cloudy, it was, if you just don't touch it, it settles. And so what I found is that, There's the first 10 minutes is just me going over. Am I working out enough? Am I watching my diet? Am I saving money? Am I working on the podcast? Am I growing spiritually and not falling into just the cycle of, Oh, I want to drink or I want to take Xanax or I want to smoke pot. And my mind just goes over those five things. And then (laughs) after that, I can, it zooms out a little more. And it's like, are you close enough with your family? Are you making sure to be grateful for everyone alive? And it normally happens around minute 20
3: that it's like I've checked all the boxes and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, here I am. What is this? What am I? Which is then followed by, I can't
0: help but I just like a smile always comes across my face where I'm really just like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And I don't mean the whole, well, 13.8 billion years ago, there was a big, no, no, fuck off. I know. Yeah. And there's a planet around it. I don't give a shit. What is
3: this? Yeah. There's not nothing.
1: We need, we need more leaders uh, focusing on meditation or even broaching the topic of meditation. I haven't even, I don't know if I've heard of an elected official or anyone like a general or anything like that. You used I mean. You hear some of the great generals of the past, like Alexander the Great, Hitler, uh, not so much, but but he was a leader to some to some extent. Uh, ran a continent, uh, Napoleon, all these people focused on like the sort of the middle of the earth, um, the Himalayas, that region. They know there's just this esoteric energy yeah. emanating from there, but they haven't really articulated it into meditation. Uh, I'd be interesting to see if that. Um, would pick up maybe Marianne Williamson's the only I, <laughs> a politician that comes to mind. that's talked about meditation, but it's crazy because these guys and most fortune 500 CEOs and all these successful people and just normal people meditate. It's, it's hard to believe that that couldn't um, improve the lifestyle of everyone on an individual level. Why, why that's not pushed. Maybe it's a faux pas against the uh, traditional conservative Western mindset of you just have to be Christian or that it would butt heads with that or something. But um would, that's, some, that's something we need to open up that's something we need to push from the west
0: not even trying to sound like edgy or something but i would imagine <laughs> if you meditated a ton i would imagine like the last thing you'd give a shit about is like gaining power
1: yeah that's true that's i could probably true. i could
0: see like a bezos or a musk doing it because they're like they're manifesting their own creative yeah. like i want to build this my own philanthropy yeah i would imagine that if you're really met like you can't come out of a meditation and be like, whose dick do I need to suck so that I can get an endorsement? Right. <laughs> the last thing you'd give so a shit, true. you'd be yeah. like, I am perfect in my own being. I don't need this. Yeah. I don't think you, I think that kind of, but to, uh, I don't know if kept you for an hour and a half. So we'll, yeah. you go with like another 10 minutes or something. Then we'll wrap up. Yeah. I'm more. good with
1: 10. We'll close it out. All we'll right. close it out. All
0: right. Um, but back to the whole taking care of yourself. That is where I tend to think this is going. It's like that that video I sent you by that DJ Cure the Dawn, the archaic revival. Mm-hmm. That's where I think we're. Go- and again, from my own experiences, I am going back into like who I was between 2010 and 2014 as a pre med student. Eight hours of sleep, exercise, cardio, anaerobic diet, uh, meditate, go about my day. And by the end of college, I kind of drove myself away from that because I just associated it with doing something I didn't like, being pre-med. And for several years, I didn't do it. it. I was smoking pot. I was drinking all the time, and I hated it. It was miserable. And now I'm back to that, like, clean cut, and I've never been happier. And it's so anybody that doesn't know, Terrence McKenna called it the archaic revival. When a society reaches a weird breaking point, it instinctively goes back into its own memory, And finds a place in time where things worked. And starts doing that again. And he talks about, we reached the Middle Ages before what a bunch of Italian investment bankers reached back into the time of Periclean Athens 2,000 years prior and said, let's base our society on this. And that's what we call the Renaissance. There is evidence for it before, of reaching back in time and taking it. And like what I did is I reached back to 2010 to 2013, Tommy. Remove parts of it so like you don't need to be that rigid. Make sure to have fun. But that's what I'm living now. I think you said it earlier. Like, let's just let's just call the last 75 years a wash. Wait, we, exactly. all fuck, we all fucked up. I fucked up. You fucked up. We'll call it e- I stole your weed. You stole my liquor. We'll call it even. <laughs> let's go back to a time, not even like Uncle Sam, but I mean, really, what was it? It was people who were self-sufficient. There was an intact nuclear family. There was families stayed close together. There were values. Doesn't mean that everyone was good. And there was an idea to a lot that came out of the depression. So there's an idea of self-sufficiency, always have a food supply. Yeah. I think that's probably what we're going to head back to. And there's not going to be a candidate that does it. It's going to be personal crises.
1: It's going to be personal. And then you'll see the leaders come from whatever, whatever that. And that's uh, well, yeah. Whatever that is. But no, I mean, I mean, that's I'm, I'm getting the, um, I'm getting yanked out of here too. I'm getting the nod. So, okay. so we have to close up but I you. Gotcha. No, let's, let's, let's remember that moving forward for the next podcast. Cause I, I think we should, I think we need to stick with that topic in terms of masculinity and what the, what the man's responsibility is within that family uh, and society and neighborhood. There's a, there's an idea there. If you grow it just outside of the home to localism, which I think, I think is um, like becoming back in step. It's back in style. COVID definitely is a silver lining of COVID that people are starting to care about their schools. When was the last time you heard people with election swing because of yeah. what was happening in a school? So yeah. all, an entire state did. And you're seeing all these these local elections. And you're seeing candidates uh, emerge from just being like like Trump moms, You know, so, yeah. so I think it, I think it, it's focusing on what's immediately intimate to you and, and around you and local to you. Whether that's yourself, your family, or your community, and then fuck everything else. The rest of it's going to figure itself out. If you if you have those things and, and those those are immovable and those are strong, that's where the tenets are. It's not it's not the bigger picture. Big government's not going to save us, and the elected officials certainly won't. So so let's let's definitely dive into that the next time we talk.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I'm sorry. I think I, I was pretty jacked up this episode. I think I'm sorry for. <laughs> I, I think I cut you off more times than I normally cut. I don't. Off.
1: Well, um, it's the thing is that the problem with us is that we just rant and rant. And Rant we on each other starts
0: so. starts with uh starts with what are they doing out there and it just ends with oh he just got he just got kicked off again so <laughs> we'll wrap that one up on that his 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 connection just cut out well
3: so point is everybody uh you just cut out I'll wrap it up um
0: the point is is I don't think it's going to be a top down thing I think enough people are going to come into their own hit their own speed bumps and their own hurdles and start to take care for themselves. And it's not going to be affiliated with right or left. It's going to be, I need a home that I can afford to heat and cool
3: with my own food source and in a school where they're not teaching them that beautiful women have balls. And then that will, ironically,
0: it's like what Ram Dass said, the second you stop trying to have power, you have more power than you've ever wanted.
3: The second I stopped giving a shit about the MCAT is when I, my score jumped by like 80%. I think the second everyone starts taking care of themselves and their own mental health and their own relationship with God, the creator, the universe, whatever you want, that is when the meta theme society as a whole will start to appear great. And it won't be because anybody tried. Like, this podcast is really eight hours of sleep, a mile on the treadmill, some weightlifting, a shower, a shave, a teeth brushing, clean clothes, meditation. The rest of it Just grows from that. It's like a vinyl record. You put it on the thing, you drop the pin, and it just turns. Whatever music comes out from it, comes out from it. I just do this thing. And a whole personality of the podcast rises from it. You know, individual atoms and molecules. Don't say, hey, let's create a a steel girder or let's create a, you know, let's create some ferromagnetic
0: fluid. They're all just doing their own behaviors. And then when a hundred
3: quintillion of them get together, we see a wrench or an apple or a, a, a mouse's foot. None of them are trying to do that. They all just have their own patterns and in in a, in a meta sink
0: create something much larger. That's what I think it will be. It won't be a left or a right president. There will be enough people coming to the brink through COVID or inflation or whatever, having lost someone in the, the
3: global war on terror or been traumatized or scarred physically themselves. I think it will be a return to that. And then some greatness will arise from that. And then 50 years later, a bunch of people will try to take credit for it. But the reality was, is no one was doing it. It just, it was a thing that happened. That's what I think it will be. Right? No one raindrop thinks it's responsible for the flood. But they all are. So, wrap this one up. I will link, uh, and Twitter
0: in the description. And he's a cool fucking guy if you can't tell. He's in Space Force. That's cool shit. And uh I think he's got a pretty uh ground take on life. And I love having him on here. So everybody, take
3: care of yourselves. Much love. Treat each other with love. Literally all we have. And try meditation. What is this?
2: What is it all? What is it? Peace.